All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey. Live every weekday at noon Eastern. Thursday, November 3rd. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live. Tyler Yaremchuk and Mike McKenna with you. Just two games on last night's schedule, Mike. So what'd you do with all the free time? I watched some clips of other games and then uh, just sat there and watched the fun unfold because Flyers and Toronto, all that drama surrounding the game realistically ended probably how it should have. But I even cooked dinner, Tyler. Did you? Uh, no, I did not. As you can probably tell by my voice, I'm fighting something. So I laid in bed and watched hockey all night. But honestly... I'm not going to complain about that. Uh, Let's dig into the games we saw last night, starting with the big one out in Toronto. It was more or less must-win territory for Sheldon Keefe and the Toronto Maple Leafs against the Flyers. And it was John Tavares who came through for the team with a hat-trick. Austin Matthews picked up a pair of points. And yes, for now, everything is calmed down slightly in Toronto. But that's not what I want to talk about, Mike. I want to talk about the incident that occurred at the end of the hockey game between Austin Matthews and Travis Konechny. I think we're going to pull it up here. This one kind of divided Twitter a little bit. A lot of people saying, you know, Matthews has to drop the mitts in this situation. I want to get your take on what we saw here from 34 in the dying minutes of last night's game. Well, he doesn't have to drop the gloves, but he also doesn't have to keep poking the bear. I, I watched through this and I couldn't believe my eyes at how Matthews just stood there laughing, waiting for his henchmen to come in and save him, not once, but twice. And this is the worst part. When he starts circling the drain and goes back at TK after everything's done on the ice, 
Matthews is going at Konechny. He's poking the bear. He, he's making this situation worse. He makes it dive in yet again into Bedlam. When these two, when Konechny and Matthews start swinging their sticks at each other, whatever, they're playing hard. Matthews doesn't have to fight him here, but he also doesn't have to give him a little spear in the chest. That's what sets Konechny off. And then to watch Matthews just stand there like a tree and Giordano, who's almost 40 years old, has to come in and save him. It's like, I'm sorry, man. If you're Austin Matthews, I know you got a surgically repaired wrist or whatever, but if you're strong enough to pot 60 in the league and, and give Konechny that kind of shove, like you may have to drop him at some point if you keep doing these things. If you don't want to be involved in this skate away, but this is a really, really arrogant look. There's no other way for me to describe it, to watch him laugh at the players surrounding him, just thinking, hey, I'm untouchable, can't touch me. I don't know, man. You do that long enough, I still think somebody in the league is going to grab him and beat the wheels off him if he's not ready for it. Like, at some point, that could happen. What's crazy, though, Tyler, he's huge. Like, Matthews is like 6'4", yeah. 230. Like, I actually have no doubt in my mind that if he wanted to go, he'd probably be decent at it. So I just – I don't know, man. The whole thing reeks of arrogance, and I don't like it because this is a team that that needs some juice and jam, and and not just waiting for your buddies to come in and save you. Like left a bad taste. Well, in the yeah, mouth. yeah, and and that's kind of what irritates. Like I, I never, I'm always a guy. Whenever you know, there's a clean hit, and the guy immediately has to shed the mitts. I hate that. Like that drives me nuts. But in this situation, it, you're right. Arrogance is a good word because he starts this little melee. And then he stands there, has no interest in helping out his teammates at all after they come in. Then when things calm down, he starts it again. And then once again, again. has to stand there as Michael Bunting, I think it was, comes in. And it's like, dude, like, it's almost never, never, like, not respect for the game, not respect for your opponents, respect for your teammates. Why are you starting that up again? They just had to come in and jump into that pile because you didn't want to go. Yep. And now you're willing to, once the linesmen have turned away, like, go back and start it again. I didn't like that. Tyler, I got one final sentence on this that I remember playing with a guy named Eric Selleck who I played against him the one year and he had a teammate that just started everything. And you know what, who the teammate was? The teammate was actually Michael Bunting. And it was his first year in the American League. And I remember asking Selleck, how many times are you going to have to fight because of this guy? This is exactly what that situation felt like to me. Interesting. Uh, yeah, bunting the one coming in this time as well as I, I love right. the forty-year-old Giordano. Still got a lot of fight in him. The Leafs get a big win, but again, it's not without an interesting something to chew on coming from the end of it. Let's talk about another team that got a big win last night, and that's the Buffalo Sabers, who handed the Pittsburgh Penguins yet another loss. But everything is looking great in Buffalo. I mean, they're sitting second in their division. This is a team that was certainly hoping to take a step towards competing for a playoff spot, and they're doing exactly that thanks to their hot start to the season. The question I have for you, Mike, in a little mini blue paint question is, can the can the duo of Comrie and Anderson really carry this team to the playoffs? Are those two goalies good enough to keep up a high level and keep giving them high-level results through an 82-game regular season? You know, early in the year, I wrote about Comrie uh, and how impressed I was with some of the mechanics of his game, his movements, his vertical patience. And I still think that's all there. And he's rattled off some really big games for the Sabres. He's been great. Craig Anderson's 3-0. and um, But what I've noticed recently with Comrie, and I wonder if teams haven't clued in on this, is that he's getting killed high glove side. And, and this isn't normal what we're seeing. Like typically a goalie in the NHL is, is fairly even from side to side. But right now, if you look at this, I think we've got a graphic that we can show that Comrie right now has only stopped 14 to 25 shots high glove side recently this season. Wow. And that's not a number that's going to carry you. So 
I'm curious if teams haven't looked at that. Um, but if they do get to playoffs, there is an ace in the hole, even if it's not Eric Comrie. You look at Craig Anderson, 48 playoff games, he got a 929 save percentage, one of the highest ever in the league. Um, the thing that I'm questioning here is what happens when Tej Thompson and Rasmus Dalin come back down to earth? Because these two guys are on pace for 112 points each. Okay. They're both breakout stars, but Tyler, I'm not sold on that throughout an entire season, even more than I am with the goaltending. Yeah, and I think that's a great point. Like, you look, both those guys pretty much 100-point paces. Thompson has four goals in his last couple of games. But I look at that team, and I get that they're young, and, and maybe things will continue to improve for some other pieces in that lineup. But again, do they have enough depth? Like, when things get ugly there, and they go through a losing streak, mm -hmm. how much losing will there be, right? You look at some teams around the league who are competing for a playoffs, but yeah, they're going to lose three in a row at some point, maybe four in a row at some point. But I look at this young Sabres team, and I'm still just, the, there's that part of me that goes, how are they going to handle adversity? Because when you look through that forward yeah. group, there's a lot of young guys who really haven't played full seasons in the NHL yet. Yeah, they're young. And even looking at the goals against last night against Pittsburgh, you know, there's two odd man rushes, pass across the Royal Road, a clean breakaway. And by the way, one of the greatest sauce passes of all time from Chris Letang of the Penguins. But yeah, I think they're still gross. And even on the defensive side, it's not all on the goaltending. I think that, you know, Buffalo's still young. There is still a place to grow there. And yeah. I think it's going to be at least halfway through the season before we know what they really are. 100%. Uh, they're an interesting article up at dailyfaceoff.com from our very own Matt Larkin. It's about three years ago, or last year on November 6th, so three days from now, sorry. Last year on November 6th was when we had our first coaching change in the NHL, and Larkin took a look at some candidates that are sitting on the outside of the coaching carousel right now. Um, and there's a few interesting names here, because we've talked a lot about teams who could be maybe looking to make a change early in the season. Barry Trotz is obviously the big one, but as Frank Saravalli said the other day, he have, he seems to want to accept a job that will lead him into management at some point. Rick Tockett, Elaine Vigneault, Andrew Brunette, Jeff Blaschel, those are the other sort of veteran names on that list. Uh, when you look at this list of veteran coaches, if you were a team struggling right now, Mike, which one would you kind of be looking to and going, that might be the guy who can give us a jolt for the rest of the year? Yeah, you know, the hard part of this list is that you know, two of those guys are under contract and currently working with the team, Blashill yeah. and uh, Brunette. Like, I would take Andrew Brunette off that list right away. I thought he got a raw deal in Florida. I thought he deserved to come back another season and see what he could do with the Panthers. Um, Vigneault, Vigneault's going to come with a pretty big price tag, I think, and probably want some term. I'd be surprised. But those are kind of your two options because I don't think Tockett's going to walk out of that booth. He's got a great gig going with TNT, unless it's to a team that you think he can win a Stanley Cup. So, yeah, I think Tock could fit that mold. Um, the one guy that's on the list, I think Travis Green would be a, a logical replacement type of coach because he's not under contract with some, or not currently working with somebody as is. He could slot right in. He's in that mix where he probably didn't have the players he needed in Vancouver. So um, from this list, I'd go Burnett, but he's an assistant coach right now. And, and I think if you're looking for a layover, it's probably somebody like a Travis Green, um, unless you go completely off the map and start going towards college or junior hockey. And that's what I was going to say is there's a handful of really good coaches down in the American League right now. And sometimes I get that a veteran coach can come in and he knows how to work a room and things like that. But I look at what happened with the Oilers last year. And it seemed like when they moved on from Dave Tippett, who was one of those grizzled veteran coaches, and they brought in the fresh face of Jay Woodcroft, who just brought this totally different positive attitude, positive approach into the room that wasn't there before. That seemed to really be what woke up the Edmonton Oilers for their strong second half of the season. And I look at the list of 
up-and-comers that Larkin has, and it's guys like Spencer Carberry, who's had mm -hmm. experience at the pro level. Ryan Warsofsky has experience at the pro level, hasn't gotten that head coaching gig in the NHL. Even a guy like Chris Knobloch, who coached Connor McDavid back in junior, I look at him and I kind of go, man, that's a guy who has coached at every level. He is an assistant with the Flyers for a little bit, right? Like, maybe sometimes I think we overlook the value that a fresh face and a fresh perspective can give to a team. Yeah, I don't disagree. Jay Leach is another name I'd keep an eye on, assistant coach with oh, yeah. the Seattle Kraken, who's been successful previously. So um, it's funny, though, because a lot of the coaches we used to look at at the American League has taken the next step. Right now, it feels like those coaches have taken roles as assistants in the NHL. Maybe they think that's a cleaner path to getting that opportunity at the top level. Yeah. That's an interesting point as well. Uh, two teams who are struggling right now, maybe not to the point where they're contemplating a coaching change, but it's the St. Louis Blues and the Nashville Predators. Uh, I asked Frank yesterday on my Oilers Nation daily show, you know, could it be time for a coaching change in Nashville with John Hines? And he kind of threw water on the idea, saying, you know, David Poyle really doesn't like to do that all that often. But when you look at these two teams, Mike, who each have big games coming this evening, the Preds, they're getting nothing from their star players. They won those two games in Europe since then. They're 1-6-1, one, and one, I think, since coming back to North America. The Blues, I mean, are almost in the same boat where some of their stars are underachieving. And after a great start to the year, they've totally fallen off a cliff. Which one of these two needs a win more tonight? I think it's St. Louis. You know, and you look at the Predators, was that lineup ever really a cup contender going into the season? I don't think so. And St. Louis was a team you still looked at as having a chance. Well, they've lost five in a row and they're pretty lost right now. I mean, even their captain, Ryan O'Reilly, who's had a terrible start to the year, said, I've been horrible. So I'm not really doing anything. I'm kind of fighting for my life right now. I've got to stay, fight to stay in this league. Okay, Ryan, that's a, that's a little ridiculous. You're still one of the best two-way players in the entire game. Um, but I've never seen you have a, a beat dash 11 and plus minus. That's really strange for O'Reilly. And I think kind of the key of this is what their GM, Doug Armstrong, said. He said, what we need to see is a competitive level that is higher than what we have now. And I'm going to give you a good example of that right now. Check out this clip of Jordan Cairo of the St. Louis Blues. Watch this. He's going to be highlighted in blue. Now, he's minus 10 in his last five games. He was dash three last time out against Nashville. He has three goals on the year, no assists. He just signed an eight-year deal worth $65 million. Watch him straight leg float into the zone here. There is no competitive fire in that. There's no compete level. And that's who O'Reilly's been playing with for most of the year until head coach Craig Berube went to the nuclear option and put Robert Thomas and Kairou together last game to try to find some jump. St. Louis is last in the league in goals. They're not playing well defensively. And they're just having a tough go, man. And I think it really comes down to this. Like, you got to fight. You got to play hard. And straight-legging it through the neutral zone after you already lose a, lost a battle in the offensive, or offensive zone to give the puck away, that's not going to do it. And I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to say St. Louis needs a win more. One, their streak is at five in a row. They're one point back of the Nashville Predators. Granted, they've played two less games. But that Preds team, you know, for them to make the playoffs this year, I always kind of viewed it as like they're going to have to fight like right up until the end, the last mm -hmm. week of the regular season. And St. Louis, they were a team that was supposed to be near the top of that division, right? I know some models had them as the next best team to Colorado or, or they were expected to be the next best team to Colorado in that division and for them to have just six points through eight games. And like you said, with that Kairou clip, just kind of look as disinterested as they have at times. That is wildly concerning from their perspective. Yep. So they, they need it. Both teams need it, but man, this isn't what St. Louis has been for several years now. Surprising yeah. to see.
All right, let's move along to a uh, segment we're bringing back with a fresh face. Let's get to the number crunch with Cam Sharon. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems, too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Very excited for another edition of The Number Crunch, or sorry, for the first edition of The Number Crunch with our new friend Cam Sharon. As always, it's delivered by DoorDash. Cam, let's start with a team that is off to a great start tonight, and they're actually rolling into my backyard in Edmonton to play the Oilers tonight, and that is the New Jersey Devils. Everyone's asking the question, are the Devils legit? Yes. Um, to me, this is the most important development in the entire league at the start of the season. They're a team whose group of skaters was probably average or above average last season, depending on how you evaluate certain things. Uh, they were done in by the worst save percentage at five on five in the entire NHL, but they've turned into this, basically this possession juggernaut that has found so many different ways to win games. Per natural stat trick, their Corsi percentage is 62% through 10 games, which is the second best 10 game start for any team in the history of the website, which dates back to 2007. Only the 2013-14 Los Angeles Kings had a better start. The Kings, of course, won the Cup that season. Carolina's slightly better than New Jersey in terms of Corsi so far this year, but they've only played nine games. Um, I know a lot of people prefer to look at expected goals. I have my own hang-ups about expected goals. I just think that there's, there's a lot that you can't measure with it. But it's okay to use as an elephant gun, and the Devils' expected goals percentage is at 68% which is not only the best 10-game start in the history of the website, but it's also the, the sixth best 10-game stretch we've ever seen. It's the first five spots all belong to last season's Avalanche. So basically, the, the company that the Devils have been in is all these other Stanley Cup contenders. Um, the other impressive thing is that they've done it in a variety of different ways. Last season, they were a top team in terms of rush offense. They created the third most rush shots in the NHL, but they were really average when they weren't off the rush. This year, they've become a top five team in terms of creating shots in other situations, such as cycle situations, forechecking, and the like. So while they're still a strong rush team, they've just been able to do it so many different ways 
it's it's excellent when you watch those games against the Blue Jackets and the Canucks, the most recent two games. They just grinded both teams into dust by just controlling the puck for so long uh, in the offensive zone. They just have two strong forward lines going at it right now. Both the Jack Hughes and Nico Hischier lines are at 70% Corsi or better. Uh, despite having the second lowest five-on-five save percentage, they've still won seven of eight. They have two of the best lines in hockey. They have two strong defensive pairs that have been able to limit the quantity and quality of shots that both their goaltenders have faced. It's it's just a fantastic start. I can't really say enough about this team. Well, aside from the Devils, there's a bunch of other clubs around the league that people have their eye on, one of which being the Toronto Maple Leafs. And recently mm-hmm. it was because of the slide they were on and then last night grabbing a win over the Flyers. What's been going on with the Maple Leafs under the surface? Are things that we should be a little bit more in tune with than just the results that have shown on the ice so far? And should this last night's win give a little bit of optimism in the market? Well, it's better that they won that game than they lost it. Um, and they did, you know, they did dominate the game. Uh, I count scoring chances for my website, and I had the chances at 20 to 4 at 5 on 5. Uh, they had strong performances up and down the lineup, and there really was no reason to be concerned about that win at all. Uh, but I do have concerns with the way that they started. And a lot of people were pointing to last year because they started with a very similar record last year. They're 5-4-2 now. They were 6-4-1 and one after the 11 games last year. So if you just flip one of the overtime losses on the road in San Jose or Anaheim into a win and you have an identical record. But the team just isn't as dangerous on offense as they were last season. When the big four, uh, well, the big four are getting their chances right now, even if the pucks aren't going in the net. They've had trouble really possessing the puck without those four on the ice so far this year. With none of the big four on the ice, that's Matthews, Marner, Tavares, and Nylander, they've only got 49% Corsi and 1.6 goals per 60. Last season, uh, in that same situation, they were 51% Corsi and 2.5 goals per 60. So they were really skating at even when they had those depth players on the ice. So the just the way that things have shaken out, you know, they've lost some depth pieces. They've lost Ilya Mikheyev. They've lost Andre Kasha. They've lost Jason Spezza. And with that, they've kind of losing a goal every three games by virtue of not getting that production from the bottom six. So, you know, it's been, it's been very noticeable in the fact that so many of their games have been really close affairs that could have gone either way. Uh, the other thing is that last season at this time, they were getting a lot of good offensive performances despite losing. So, uh, you know, at five on five so far this year, they've generated just uh, a 55, 59 shot attempts per 60 minutes when trailing. That's 19th in the NHL. Last season, after 11 games, they generated 70 shot attempts per 60 minutes, which was third. So even though they've actually come back and won a few games, they're just not looking as tuned when they're, tra- when they're trailing. They're not really putting the pressure on other teams. And one of the funny things is that in that 6-4-1 and one start last year, in three of those losses, they cracked the 40-shot barrier. Uh, in, in games that they've been trailing the, the entire way so far this season, they haven't hit, even cracked 30 shots. So they're just not really creating much to, to put people's minds at ease. They're not looking like they're taking over games. They're not looking like they're going to come back at any point when they trail. And that's, you know, I think a reason for, for concern. However, I still think that the team is kind of under, underperforming their underlying numbers. Uh, you know, they're obviously going to look a little bit better when Matthew's chances at even strength start going in. He's, you know, put up some goals on the power play the last few games, but the pucks still aren't going in for him at five on five. He's still getting those chances. There are some details in their game they need to clean up, 
and they looked better on those uh, details in Philly. They were getting a lot more pucks at the net. They actually scored three goals off rebounds last night. And the other thing, too, is that they were just exiting the defensive zone with control a lot better. And that's something that this team is going to have to do to have the level of success that they did last season, you know, until the playoffs when that's the only thing that matters in Toronto. 100%. I love that point you brought up about Matthews as well and his five-on-five scoring. I talked about that yesterday on the show. Heading into last night's game, he was shooting like 2.75% at five-on-five. Last year, he shot like 15. So you'd imagine at some point the pucks are going to go in, and when they do, it could be like an avalanche of offense for Matthews, right? Yeah, and, you know, this is something we've seen in his career before. Uh, you know, I've, I've been pretty close to the Maple Leafs for the last eight years. Yeah. Uh, so I've really been following his whole career, and he's gone through stretches of, of eight or 10 games where just nothing seems to go in. But, you know, I've been watching these games very closely. I've been manually tracking them, manually tracking scoring chances. And Mitch Marner is setting him up for a great chance right in that slot two or three times a game. And just the pucks aren't falling. He's missing. Uh, he's getting, you know, he's getting stopped. So, you know, you, you kind of feel that dam's about to burst. Like he's there, he's close. And sometimes he just pops off. He scores 10 goals over a five game period. And, you know, you get into these situations where the team's losing by goal and you're like, oh, well, Austin hasn't scored yet. So it's only a matter of time. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Uh, this was great. The number crunch delivered by our friends at DoorDash with that promo code at the bottom. Game day 25 gets you 25% off and no delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app. And this was great. We'll chat again next week. Yep. Great to be on. Great stuff from Cam Sharon. Let's move along to our daily face-off inbox question. Hashtag AskDFO. Mike, there are rumors circulating that Ryan Reynolds might just be interested in buying the Ottawa Senators after news came out that the Senators could be coming up for sale right away. Uh, so I want to ask you, with these rumors, who would be your dream celebrity owner of an NHL franchise? Well, I want to see Daniel Day-Lewis method act being an owner in the NHL, but... Can, can we just stop for a second and, and give some applause here to Ryan Reynolds potentially being an NHL owner? My doppelganger? Like, this was a whole yeah. thing a couple of years ago that I never, ever would have thought people were saying that we kind of looked alike. So, I don't know, man. Tyler, should 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 Reynolds just run this? Like, I think so. Do you, who, who do you think? Do you have somebody you got your eye on? Like, I've never even thought of this. See, <laughs> here we go. Look at this. There's, there's my That's doppelganger. Look. Yeah. So I don't know. Do you have anybody that you look like that you think would be a great owner, Tyler? No one that I look like, although I will say with the doppelganger thing, Reynolds might be like contractually obligated. If he owns a team, you got to be like the goalie coach or something. I think he has to give you a no job question. with the sense as well. It just makes sense. For me, my answer to this, it's simple. It's Drizzy Drake. I know he's a, I know he's a Leafs fan. But he'd have the money to buy the Sens. Maybe not quite that much. But what he did for the Raptors and their popularity in Toronto, would love to see him do the same thing with uh, with a hockey team in Canada as well. Uh, maybe Bieber what? and uh, Drake can team up and buy the other Ontario team. What about Kodak Black? He might be a sleeper pick. Yeah, he can be the official mascot when they get it done. Uh, <laughs> let's move along to our points bet daily bet segment. I nailed my Austin Matthews pick last night thanks to his assist on the final John Tavares goal of the evening. Tonight, it is a much busier evening in the NHL, so I got three plays. Let's dig into them, courtesy of our friends at Points Bet Canada, starting with 
that matchup at the top. The Minnesota Wild, they are favored in their matchup against the Seattle Kraken. Mini is starting to heat up a little bit. They've won back-to-back games, and also Marc-Andre Fleury is starting to get going in a positive direction as well. All that to say, I don't just like the Wild to win this game. I like them to cover the puck line, Mike, at plus 155. I think it's a great price for a Minnesota team that is just starting to look better and better as the year goes on. My second play, Montreal versus the Winnipeg Jets. The Jets, big, big favorites as they're on home ice. This is a team that is above 500 at home versus a team that's below 500 on the road. Connor Hellebuck has strung together a few good starts. And guess what? Once again, puck line for me, plus 120. I like the value in both these plays. I think both these teams can win by two or more. And to wrap up, I have a shot prop for today. Points Bet Canada has Trevor Moore set at over two and a half shots on goal, paying minus 125. He's hit this in four of his last five. He's hit this in eight of his 12 games so far this season. And in every game he's missed, he's only missed it by one. He's been a shot machine early in the year. I like Trevor Moore to go over two and a half, as well as the Wild and the Jets on the puck line. Mike, when you look around the league tonight, is there a team that you think is primed for a big dub? Yeah, and a big upset. I I think the Yotes have some energy going out there with all the mullet maniacs in the arena in the desert. They're going to go up against the Dallas Stars, and Connor Ingram's in goal for Arizona. And they've played some pretty good hockey lately, and Dallas has had a bit of decent bit of rough travel headed out there so just taking a flyer i'm going to go with the arizona coyotes tonight and this is the point usually tyler where you would cede the floor to me to do garbage time and talk about whatever's bothering me around the league but you got something interesting what's your garbage time for today well we were talking about celebrities in uh, the inbox and comedian bill burr on his podcast the other day while he may not be buying an nhl team take a listen to this and this is the time of year i always bring up my favorite hockey website which is uh dailyfaceoff.com uh what i love is the line combination page there you go the line combination page that our guy brock sagan puts together and runs throughout the year and does a tremendous job of it so bill we know you're a bruins fan so we'll flash up the boston bruins lines for you but mike we got some celebrity love i'm telling you we got to have him come on and do an all 32 say he can be our boston bruins guest analyst what do you think let's bring him on for a guest segment why not why not hey tune in maybe tomorrow we'll have bill burr on the show although i shouldn't make any promises it's a good thing that we don't have the sec coming after us (laughs) yeah not our first time uh that's gonna be a wrap for today's show shout out to our new friend cam sharon a great segment of the number crunch for mike mckenna and our head of production alex allard as well and thank you for tuning in we'll be back with a friday edition tomorrow at noon eastern planning for your next trip Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.